Welcome back to You Ask For It, a podcast where Pastor Steve and myself walk through different conversations on theology, on just doctrine for the church. And right now we're walking through a series of talking about other different religions around the world and then how we as Christians can maybe engage with them, find common ground with what they believe so that we have a chance to share the gospel with them. Last week we talked about Hinduism. And so if you haven't heard that one, go back and listen to that podcast and Tonight, we're going to talk about New Age, which in some ways you could almost say is kind of like... Old Hinduism. Yeah, old Hinduism. Um, so let me begin by just saying this. We, we were recording this in Western North Carolina, and where we live, New Age belief is very prevalent. We are about 20 minutes south of Asheville, North Carolina, which in many ways is like a hub for New Age understanding and belief. But even our downtown has at least two stores Absolutely. That, are, that are catering to the New Age. Yes, and so this is very, this is very prevalent where we are, um, and so this is something that we've actually done a lot of conversation and study about, just knowing that we might be having conversations with those people. Let me give you a definition that comes from a New Age website about how you would define the New Age movement. It says the New Age movement encompasses different spiritual practices outside of the major fundamentalist religions. It promotes heightened spiritual awareness, institu- um, intuition, I'm sorry, based thinking, and a peaceful connection to others and nature. Something interesting about this very definition, if you look at the first line, you can see that in many ways they have, there's someone who has rejected like biblical Christianity, something that, as they said, a fundamentalist religion. But then the second line of the, um, of the definition uses some of their, ver- their favorite terms and concepts, the spiritual awareness, peace, or connection with nature. So now here's the question then, Pastor Steve. When did this kind of begin here in the United States of America? Well, the New Age movement basically arose up in the 1960s, and there were two reasons why it became so popular here in the United States. One was the Beatles. Uh, If you remember, well, some of y'all will remember that day. Uh, The Beatles uh, became enthralled with a Maharishi Mahesh yogi. He was an India holy man who taught something called transcendental meditation that basically if you you learn this way of meditating it will bring calmness and peace into your life so they they took they took lessons from him on that and then they decided to go all four of them to india and visit his ashram and they spent quite a bit of time there trying to seek peace and learn all they could from this hindu holy man Um, three of the four got disenchanted they saw that Maharish Yogi was sleeping with women and after their money. But one continued enthralled with what he had heard, and that's George Harrison. George is the one that was the guitar playing Beatle. After they broke up, his first big hit was My Sweet Lord. And I really want to know you. You know, just I, a lot of I saw youth groups that would use My Sweet Lord, but if you remember at the end of it, I had to show Taylor that so he could see the ending. He starts talking about Krishna and Vishnu. We talked about them last week. Those are Hindu avatars, Hindu gods. And so uh, when the Lord he was singing about was not the Lord Jesus Christ. It was the Krishna, which was an avatar of Vishnu. And part of Hinduism is you find a God and you devote yourself to that God. So that was the first thing that made... when, When the Beatles made Hinduism hip... Uh, everybody wanted to get into it. But the second stream that, that brought into uh, to existence what we call the New Age movement 
was uh, something called the Age of Aquarius. Uh, there was the Age of Aquarius was featured in two things. It was in Hair. Hair was the first Broadway musical where everybody took their clothes off. But it was a hippie Broadway musical, and the big featured song was the Age of Aquarius. Later on, a group called the Fifth Dimension put out an album. Can I just tell you this? When I was a teenager, I bought that album and listened to it. I, I you know, I had that Fifth Dimension album, and in that particular album, this is some of the words. When the moon is in the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with Mars, then peace will guide the planets and love will steer the stars. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. So you say, ooh, spooky. We're getting in this new age of Aquarius. It's going, everything's going to turn out well. And then later on, it has a little bridge. Harmony and understanding, sympathy and trust abounding. No more falsehoods and derisions. I think they're referring to Christianity. Golden living dreams of visions, mystic crystal revelation, and the mind's true liberation, Aquarius. Now, folks, what this is, is the occult plus Hinduism. I, I, mentioned, I forgot to mention that one of the persons uh, that, that encapsulized some of this Hindu, last week we talked about the fact that one of the things Hinduism teaches is that God is in everything and that you are God. One of the things that Hindus say is, I am Brahma. Brahma is the highest God. Well, Shirley MacLaine wrote her autobiography called Out on a Limb. I think the limb broke off. But anyway, Out on a Limb. They made a movie of it. And I watched the clip on YouTube of this particular scene. And one of the climax of it was she had this man who was introducing her to the fact that she was God and that he was God. And they went to a beach and they began to stand up at the beach and look at the ocean and say, I am God. I am God. I know the seagulls were impressed as these two humans were sitting there declaring that they are God. So you've got those two streams coming together. And, and you know, it's called the New Age movement, but in all reality, we would say that New Age is not really new at all. You could actually trace it all the way back to the Garden of Eden, seeing the way that the serpent interacted with Adam and Eve. Let me just read it for you. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. It says, now the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? Then the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, you must not eat it or touch it or you will die. No, you will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman. In fact, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and that you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, do you see what, what happened right there? It says, if you eat of this fruit, your eyes will be opened. This idea of enlightenment, that you'll be able to know all things. Not only will you be like God, in some ways what he's claiming is, is that you can be God if you do this. I think that's it. I think Satan's first temptation was not bow down and worship me. It was you be your own God. Mm. If he can get you to be your own God, then he has won the battle. Well, let me give you some of the key names of people involved in the New Age movement in America. I've already mentioned Shirley MacLaine. Um, she talked about her past reincarnations in her book, Out on a Limb. One of the most popular person is Deepak Chopra. His book, Quantum Healing, uh, takes Eastern thought and, and puts it into how you get healing in the body. Eckhart Tolle 
was the author of a book called The Power of Now and a a New Earth. Uh, The New York Times called him the most popular spiritual author in America, Eckhart Tolle. And then one of the biggest proponents of the New Age is Oprah Winfrey. Um, She constantly is interviewing people who are in the New Age camp. And let me give you a quote from her. She was talking to a viewer, and in her response, she said this, I believe that God is in all things. What I believe is that Jesus Christ came to show us Christ's consciousness. Even as a Christian, I don't believe that Jesus came to start Christianity. I'm a Christian who believes there are certainly many more paths to God other than Christianity. I'm a free-thinking Christian who believes uh, in my way, that there, or, but who believes that, who believes in my way, but, but believes that it's not the only way because there are six billion ways with six billion people on the planet. So you've got this person who's basically Hinduism. There are many paths to God. All Everything is true. It doesn't have to make sense, but everything is true. Mm. Now let's talk through some of the beliefs and practices of the New Age movement. Now, when I name these off, please know that I'm not saying that there is almost like a central doctrine of the New Age movement, but these are the general things that's practiced by the people who would involve themselves in the new, in, as a, call themselves a New Ager. So first, they, uh, New Agers believe that the earth and everything in it contains energy and that energy can be tapped into through crystals or magic. And this kind of concept of everything is energy, almost like the force in, um, right. yeah, so um, the force in- And I life. believe Lucas was New Age. Yeah, Lucas, George Lucas. Lucas. George Lucas, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so th- that's the idea of this. And they also- they would say that they'd speak to Mother Earth as opposed to Father God. And they often use the name of the female god of creation in Roman myth, named Gaia or Gaia, however you want to say it. New Agers also teach that all humans contain the divine, as we've said earlier, that we are in some ways, our, in some sense, our own God, that we're the only God that we need to turn to. Let me tell you a story from the 90s when uh, there's a, there was, I'm, I'm sure there still are, but there was a huge annual New Age convention in Asheville. And our gung-ho Baptists sent people trained to do the two diagnostic questions. If you were to die tonight, do you know you'd go to heaven? And suppose you were to die tonight and God were to ask you, why should I let you in my heaven? What would you say? So we sent our trained evangelist into the New Age Convention. And so one of them walked up to one of the New Agers and said, if you were to die tonight, uh, what would you say? And God would say, why should I let you in my heaven? What would you say? And that person responded, well, first of all, I am God. And then he said, secondly, I don't think I'll ask myself that question. Another aspect of New Age belief is they this idea of reincarnation, but it's a positive reincarnation. So they don't believe that you can go down in the next life. You can always stay the same or go up. It's very much more of like the American dream understanding of this as opposed to, um, you know, India, which is so so full of suffering, that this idea of going up and down. New Agers also practice, um, they engage in the occult. So astrology, which we've mentioned some of, they read horoscopes, um, but they've also been, they've opened themselves up to something called spirit guides. Now, many of them call spirit guides angels. And, and what's interesting about this is you could actually say it probably is angels, probably fallen angels, Demons, right? Yeah. Demons, Fa- these Demons fallen, fallen angels. angels. 
They also practice divination or magic and go to psychics to learn about their future. In fact, did you know that right now Sierra, um, Sirius Radio is running an ad where they are running this ad for California psychics and they boast that, that the California psychics are the best psychics around and for if you would just come to them, they could, you would get a reading from them, an introductory price of $20 for 20 minutes and it would completely change your life. This is on Sirius Radio, a nationally broadcasted thing. But the, the New Age movement, they also seek emotional experiences of enlightenment or oneness with the energy. You know, this idea that this is how they would connect with God or become God. And the way they do this is through a Hindu-style meditation. Now, we talked about this a little bit last week. Let me just remind you. In Hindu meditation, it's all about emptying your mind to become one with God or energy. Now, let's contrast that a little bit of what Christian meditation is or the biblical understanding of meditation. When the Bible talks about meditation, it's a, it's a call to meditate on God's word. It's a filling of your mind, not an emptying of your mind. For instance, Psalms chapter one, Psalm one verses one through three puts it this way. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway of sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, whether he, whatever he does prospers. So what, what, what's the difference here? You're meditating on the word day and night. This idea of chewing on it is what meditation scripturally looks like. What does this just reveal to us? That Satan is a counterfeiter. He's doing whatever he can to counterfeit that which is biblical to make it work in his own light. So he's counterfeiting even meditation right here. Now, to show you how pervasive this is, in 2017, Pew, which is a very reputable polling group, did a survey and they found that 60% of Americans participate in at least one of these new age activities. Did you get that? 60% of Americans participated in at least one of these New Age activities. They found that 26% of Americans believe that spiritual power exists within the mountains, trees, and crystals. 25% believe in astrology. 24% believe in reincarnation. 25% believe that yoga is spiritual, not just physical, not just stretching. 15% have consulted a psychic or fortune teller. Um... So what you've got now is you've got all of these folks who are looking for something outside of the faith that this country was founded on, on Christianity. So let me give you a little bit of an evaluation now as we get ready to close this podcast. I think the first thing that we can say as we look at the New Age movement is when you reject the truth, you do believe the lies. And in in Romans 1, this is stated clearly in verse 25, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served what has been created instead of the creator who is praised forever and ever. That new age definition that Justin began us with, which came off of one of their sites, said they're looking for truth outside of fundamental religions. Let's reject the fundamentals of the faith. By the way, folks, the term fundamental when it was begun in the 1920s, referred to those basic core beliefs that we Christians love and cherish and will not yield on. Today, fundamentalists can mean King James Bible only and no pants on women. But, uh, but the term originally meant the great fundamentals of the faith. Folks, we can't tamper with that. What we want to do is we want to hold on to these great fundamentals. Jude verse, chapter 1, verse 3. Dear friends, 
Although I was eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. So we've got to stick with the faith that we were given 2,000 years ago and not depart from it. Second evaluation is this. Satan wins when you try to be your own God. I think that what's happening among the New Age movement is that people are opening themselves up through occult practices to power that exists, but it's demonic power. And so basically what New Age says is you don't need to turn to a God. You are, the, you are all the God you need. And that's basically the message of the New Age movement. But I want to tell you something, folks. Those who are embracing that are one day going to find out they need more of a God than what they are that we're pretty small and limited. Third, we would say that you could look at this and say new age practices are not harmless activities. If you read the scriptures, what you will find is that occult practices open you up to Satan's destruction. I want to remind you that John 10.10 says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And in the book of the law, in the book of Deuteronomy, when God is writing his word to his people, he tells him to stay away from this stuff, that it's going to be harmful. Here's what he says. When you enter the land that the Lord your God has given you, do not imitate the detestable customs of those nations. No one among you is to sacrifice his son or daughter in the fire, practice divination, tell fortunes, interpret omens, practice sorcery, cast spells, Consult a medium or a spiritist or inquire of the dead. Everyone who does these acts is detestable to the Lord, and the Lord your God is driving out the nations before you because of these detestable acts. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. Though these nations you are about to drive out, listen to fortune tellers and diviners. The Lord your God has not permitted you to do this. You know, I think we need to admit that there is some power available if you get involved in the occult, in magic, those kind of things. But it's demonic power. And the thing you need to understand about demonic power is Satan will turn on you with that power. Joanne Shetler has a great book. It was called The The Word Came With Power. And it was about her work as a Wycliffe missionary among the Balangeo people. And they were a people who... Basically, they live constantly, sacrificing to the spirits, opening themselves up to the spirits. Uh, witch doctors, and, and, and especially female witch doctors, were the most powerful people in their tribes. And she tried to reach out to them, and finally she won the two main female witch doctors in that tribe to Christ. And one of the things she said, why are you staying with these evil spirits? Look how they've destroyed your health. All of your children are dead. Look what it's done to your village. Why are you staying there? If you want to see what happens when you embrace the occult, when you, if you want to see what's, how about this? Go look at India. If you want to know what happens with the occult, go look at Haiti. This is what Satan has, it's not age of Aquarius, a new harmonious time. Now, from this, let's transition as we finish up to ask these questions. What is it then, if we're engaging with people who are coming from a new age belief system, what are we to do? Let me give you two things. First of all, use the Bible and the name of Jesus in your conversations. Because what we must remember is, if, if there is demonic force here, then this is spiritual warfare, Amen. right? 
Amen. Uh, Ephesians chapter six, verse 17 says that the word of God is our weapon. It is a spiritual sword that we are to wield when we are in spiritual warfare. And so something you need to know the word and be able to have that conversation with people. But then also, if you read the book of Acts, you will see that whenever they encountered a demon, what was spoken against them? It was in the name of Jesus that they would encounter these things. And so you cannot engage these conversations without the Bible and without Jesus. But then second of all, This is one that I think is really important for us to understand. I think one of the ways that we can win people of new age beliefs to Christ is by sharing the beauty of the gospel with them so they can see that everything they're looking for can be found in Jesus. This idea for them, they are looking for some power, some energy, something that is going to fill this void within them. And what we know from the study of the scriptures is that the only person that can fill that void is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. One day they're going to have to figure out that they are not big enough to be their own God. Every one of us come come into encounter with that, right? We're just not enough. What if they knew that they could tap into the God of the universe? They could have an encounter, a life with him. We know that our God is bigger than any planet on this earth. He is the Lord of the universe. And so why not display that God to them for them to believe into? But then also, many New Agers are looking to something like reincarnation to give any, just to help them with what comes in after this life. What if we told them there was something better than reincarnation, but there was the resurrection? Mm -hmm. That Jesus Christ has resurrected from the dead. That he lived a life they could never live, died for them, rose again so they can have more than just a little bit better life, but a redeemed life in him. And that one day they could have an ultimate resurrection and a perfect body with Christ. I think that's a big thing for us to share with them as we, as we talk with, um, with, um, with new age people. Let them see the beauty of this that we believe in and let that draw them in to Jesus. Hey, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast as we are um, just walking through these belief systems. Um, I hope it's been encouraging for you and helpful for you as you are understanding where different people are, not just around the world, but in the United States as well, maybe even in your own neighborhood. Be with us again next week as we will then study Buddhism, and I think it'll be a great conversation for us all. And you might get a special treat of Pastor Steve singing and playing guitar. <laughs> it, will not be on, it will not be on the podcast. Oh, come on. No. I think we can make it happen. All right, cut it down. Yeah.